everyone. It's Your Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino. And my guest today is Han B. Choi. And she's going to talk to us about not only feeding raw, but what I love is that she has figured out how to do it on a budget. So that's often what I hear from pet owners is, oh, raw is so expensive. And how am I going to do it? And it seems so difficult. Well, Han has been doing this since she's like 15, 16 years old. And she's now a college student and really knows so much about it and has figured out how to do it on a budget. So stay tuned. Hanbi Choi with The Raw Storm up next. Hey, everybody. It's Angela Ardolino with Your Natural Dog. And we're here with Hanbi Choi. And I'm so excited to have you on. I've had you on before, but I'm excited to have you on now because when I think about what has happened in just the past like year, two years, and the raw food industry, with, gosh, how many new brands have come out, how many new different versions of raw slashed, gently cooked, what else, lightly cooked, sous vide, you name it. There's so many choices now, and which is awesome, but already I've had to change. We lost one of our big brands, which were which was my most trusted brand, which is gone, which was our favorite. And what I don't think people understood is what they were doing, nobody else was doing in the industry. So literally trying to find some someone to replace that brand and what how they were doing things is very difficult. Everything is now prepared in a USDA kitchen, which is good, meaning it's not going to have any contaminants, but it's also going to have a lot of chemicals and they're going to HPP, high pressure processing, because that's the only way they can do it. So literally finding the way, if you truly are a raw feeder and you want to feed your dogs the purest, best stuff, it's almost impossible to find brands. So I'm so happy to have you on today to help me because, you know, I got two stores (laughs) And I wanted to find out, are you overwhelmed by it? Because probably not. I mean, I know you want to keep up with all the raw bands, right? And what they're doing. Yeah, totally. But of course, you know, it's a... The pet industry is only growing worldwide, and it's just like a mass influx of new brands and products and ideas basically every single day. So try to keep up, but it's hard. It is hard. And some of our most trusted resources, they can't keep up either, Literally, you'll have, you know, a great brand and they're be- they've been bought up and changed the formula and I didn't even know. And I am the store owner who I'm just like, wait a minute, why does this look a little different? And then I call, find out, do my research, and then I have to get rid of that brand because now they've changed what they're doing because they've been bought up. So the need to be able to feed our pets ourselves, like we can feed ourselves, I think that demand's going to start going up again. Even though there's more choices, I feel like we're going to be more vigilant and and really want to take control, which is what I'm trying to do. So how do you, A, if you are a person who doesn't have time to make their food for their dogs, which I want people to understand, like if I had a young kid in my house still and I was making dinner every night for my family, I would probably feed my dog whatever we were eating that night. That's probably what I would end up doing right now. But I barely cook for myself anymore. (laughs) So how do people, A, find a brand if there are any left and that they're going to change? So how do they know? And then 
how would you tell somebody that it's not that hard? Like, I remember like people making the step of going raw seemed so scared because we were all taught, oh my gosh, switching their food is going to mess them up. They're going to get sick. You know, all this bullshit we were told about kibble. And you get over that hump and go, wow, this is really easy. This isn't hard at all. This is kind of fun. Holy cow, look at my dog love his food to now making our own food. And and that won't be so scary anymore because it's easier than you think. So first, how do we pick a raw brand? Yeah. So I think the most important thing kind of falls on the owner, unfortunately, because yeah, some always. brands are thankfully super transparent and will give you all the information you need up front. But oftentimes they'll kind of use either like green washing isn't the term I want to use, but that's kind of like the direction of just kind of like covering what they don't want to show you and highlighting what they want to do. And them understanding how raw is now popular. And Mm -hmm. how more and more people, like what was the percentage? I know Rodney Habib shared at one time of the percentage of people who, I think they did a study like in 2018 and it was like, I'm messing all this up. 20% people were interested or doing it. And now like in 2020, it was like 80% people were either looking, switching, which you know that something like that, because these big commercial brands, is it Mars that just bought one of the home delivery ones? You know, the Mm -hmm. big brands are buying up these raw brands now. That's when you know enough people are interested in it. Yeah, it's kind of coming full circle because I feel like really, I guess these past upcoming years, human health, right, has become a really big thing like the wellness industry and like whole foods for humans. And so it's coming full circle around with pets too because I saw a funny post. It was like directed to like millennials, Gen Zs or whatever, but it was like, Pets are the new children and plants are the new pets. So it's oh, like Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my so. gosh, can I come back in your generation? <laughs> I love it. And yeah, we should share with everyone that she's very young and very brilliant and smart. I think the first time I had you on my podcast, were you like 16? Yes, I was baby. I still am a baby. baby. I'm only... <laughs> But you know more than most people do. You've become my, like my resource of what the hell do I do now? That's because you're so trusted because I know that you're truly looking out for the best interest of your dog and then sharing that information with us. So thank you for doing that. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Oh, no, thank you. That makes my heart all warm and gushy hearing that from you. But anyways, back to pre-made, you really want to look at sourcing. Sourcing is a really big thing. And Number one, this is like my personal pet peeve is going to be balance. I'm seeing more and more pet foods coming out, just like pre-made raw brands that are staying there completely balanced. And of course, balance isn't everything, but it's what we know now. And it's important to follow those guidelines to make sure that you don't have any negative health implications due to a nutritionally unbalanced food. Because I personally... I talk to a lot of people that they have conventional vets and they're like, my vet is so against raw feeding. And it's understandable if they're feeding an unbalanced diet because unbalanced diets are way worse than even kibble because at least kibble is going to be somewhat balanced and getting them all their essential nutrients. So number one thing you want to look for is balance, which again, like I said, it can be hard if the company is saying, oh, well, it's balanced. You know, if you don't know and you're just reading the description on the website, how are you supposed to know that it's not? So most pre-mades in USA are going to follow AFCO guidelines. So just saying that it's at least AFCO complete, it is meeting minimum baselines. I mean, of course, there's 
None of them are perfect. You know, AFCO, FDF, NRC, they're all guesstimates and we're still learning and evolving and we like literally know a minuscule amount of nutrition or information. And we also know that those organizations aren't out for what's best for the pet. So kind of like in the CBD world, how the FDA and um, the NASC aren't out for what's best for the pet. They're a business like everybody else is. Um, They're trying to be a resource or an association kind of thing. So I want people to understand that we think that if it's sitting on a shelf, it's safe for a pet and it's not. That's not the case. Most kibble have awful preservatives on it, coloring, and the synthetic vitamins and minerals that have to be put back onto it, and then something to make your dog want to eat it, and so that it looks pretty to you. So there's all the artificial dyes. So that's why we're anti-kibble, but also people need to understand that there are very few brands that are doing it right. And even when you find those brands that you should be feeding them different brands and different proteins all the time so that you're kind of not just giving them the same thing over and over again. And they're getting that nutrient profile from different protein sources. Yeah, yeah, totally. I def- that's something I definitely recommend rotating not only the protein types, so like beef, lamb, chicken, pork, venison, whatever, but brands as well so you can get a difference and variety in formulation like we have all these recalls just even like for formulation stuff or even they're they're going to use different foods or different supplements or different functional foods everyone is going to use something a bit different and also I'd like to argue that the dog from like an enrichment point of view enjoys that variety you know they're not getting beef every day or whatever, you know, and and they will enjoy the variety in their food. Oh yeah. Mine do too. Matter of fact, I try to sneak um, raw fish into their food and two of them avoid it. So they literally eat everything all around, lick all the other stuff off and leave the raw fish. I'm like, darn it. (laughs) I tried to sneak it in there again. So that is a great tip. So what are, how do they recognize, you know, if you're going to go online which I, I have a store. So I always love encouraging people to go into their little local store. I'm not talking your PetSmart or your Petco or your big franchise. I'm talking about your neighborhood local boutique store, which there's going to be one who's got their freezers and they are educated and they can help you where you literally can say, this is my dog, how old he is, what's suffering from, I've heard about raw feeding, what do you suggest kind of thing. And then usually when someone comes into my store, I'm like, well, you've got these five choices. Do it yourself, freeze-dried, raw, buy it in a bag, you know, whatever it is. Have it delivered to your door. And then they make that choice, and then we go from there. I want to talk about, I'm I'm the person who buys the pre-made and gives it to my dogs, and I supplement like crazy, which everyone should do. We have to even realize that the nutrient values now found in our proteins if they're not uh, raised right, they're not grass-fed, grass-finished, they're not going to have those nutrients that we expect it to have. So supplementing with nutrients is really important, which we'll get to. But what are um, some things that if we are feeding them a commercial diet that we could throw on to add some some good to it? Like, for instance, I add turmeric, I add eggs, sardines, um, of course, so many medicinal mushrooms. <laughs> cannabis, uh, other plants, other veggies. What are some things that you love to put in? What I love is your creative way of adding supplements. 
supplementing your your dog's dinner. What are some of those fun, creative ways that you do yeah. it? So if you're feeding an already pre-made food, then you're really adding what I like to call like functional foods on top of it. They're not exactly essential for or necessary for essential nutrients to cover those nutrient gaps, but they're just going to add the meal and just kind of boost it, right? They're functional foods. If you're if you've been to like any whole food market for humans, that's what they call like the supplement section. So things like you said, eggs, great source of complete protein, um, depending on the quality, you got the vitamin D in it, uh, choline. You can add whole fish, whether it's tinned or frozen, if your dog will eat it. My dogs would not eat fresh fish for the whole, like for the longest time, but I had did a little tough love, gave it to them before the meal. And now they have to eat the fish and then they get their yummy meal. Oh, yeah. I saw same thing. My, oh, the raw sardines, they won't do. So I slowly bake them for a really long time and then they love them. They go crazy for them. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times just like the shift in texture or smell can yeah. help a lot. Things like homemade veggie mix, you don't even have to buy. I mean, there's like Green juju, for example, or like bones and kumai. I know they have that pre-made veggie mix. Mm-hmm. You can even make it at home. But even though you don't like, if you don't want to even spend that much money, if you have like old carrots in the fridge and you're like, I don't really want to eat that because it's been sitting there for a week and a half, you can just grind them up and feed it your dog because your dog doesn't really care and it's it's fine. They don't. They have less taste buds. That's right, and their stomach can take it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So even something as simple as that, and I know Billy says this a lot, but he like. One of his big thing is like sharing his food with his dog. I had him on the last episode and that's something he expanded on a lot. So like if you're eating, you know, like broccoli and your dog will eat it, just give them a little piece. I don't know about you, but when I'm handing something from my plate, they want it no matter what it was. They'll they'll take it and even be like, ah, oh, what is oh this? My goodness. Spit it out sometimes. But yes, broccoli. Sometimes I have to take Odie, my very old dog's food, and pretend that I'm eating it. So that he thinks he's getting something that he's not supposed to. Little brat. Um, (laughs) We have to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about if we've got those pet parents that are listening that are like, you know what? I'm going to, I want to commit to making more of my dog's food myself so that I can control what's going in. We'll talk about where to start and then how to even make that easy because you can literally spend one day a week to prepare your meals, either for the whole month or for the week, if you want to change it up, whatever it is. So we'll talk about that when we come back. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. And we're back with Hanbi Choi of the Raw Storm talking raw feeding, making that leap from maybe buying a pre-made patty meal that you get at your local store delivered to you, how you can maybe make that transition to where maybe once a week uh, you are making their own meals. Or if you decide to make that leap that you can actually prepare them all ahead of time. So it's just as easy. I would assume that the cost would be a lot better than buying these pre-mades because the pre-mades aren't cheap, but they are the same price as a very high-end kibble. 
So those of you listening, raw is not more expensive than if you're going to get a pre-made more expensive than a lot of these prescription diets and or, you know, these really high end kibble, which kibble is kibble is kibble to me. You know, it's like it's like cereal to us. So it's something that, you know, was not what they should eat every day. <laughs> so where where would someone like me start? So if you're going to do DIY raw, it is the most cost-effective method, right? So pre-made raw is going to be the most convenient if you're busy or you just don't want to deal with the DIY parts, which a lot of people don't. That's going to be a little bit more harassing on you, but you're paying for convenience. DIY raw you're going to have to source all the parts yourself. You're probably going to need extra freezer space and it just does take a little bit more time and effort, but you're going to save on money. And some people find it like therapeutic meal prepping and chopping and doing the calculations. So it just really depends on your type of lifestyle. Uh, for transitioning, you can, I usually recommend it to, to people do it with pre-made moss and pre-made raw, excuse me, since it is a bit more easier you kind of transition if you have an adult dog or even a puppy like you would on a new kibble. You know, you start with 25%, 50%, 75%, and then 100 uh, depending on how fast they can take the new food. But those are kind of the two directions you can go with raw. Awesome. So basically what you're saying is like if you feed your dog's patty, pre-made patties, and you, for Nina, for instance, she gets three a day, maybe I would do two a day and supplement something else into her diet to make up for that last patty. And then slowly over time, go to two, one patty. And then, you know, if I wanted to do her complete meal, I could. So if you, if they're already on raw and pre-made, you can just go already to DIY since their system is No, I, know, I mean like on, for... Yeah laziness, you know, where oh, I can, if yeah, I want to yeah, take, yeah, yeah, yeah. meaning I'm brand new and I don't know how to do it. Yeah, so it's yeah, like something totally. where we're still getting something that's nutritionally balanced. And, and talk, I love the, I can't remember who brought this up. I've interviewed so many people, but all my vets who are, um, and most of them are holistic vets that are all for raw feeding, believe in it, where they say, pay attention like us to balancing over the week instead of being concerned about balancing the meal every single day. If we did that, it would take a lot more time and be obnoxious. So we don't need to do it for them. It's basically making sure that we have them balanced throughout that week. Definitely. That's something that I share often because balancing over time is something that not everybody is aware of because it can seem Especially when you're first introduced in the raw world, I feel like everybody's like, I need every single meal every single day to be complete and balanced. But thankfully, we have this wonderful thing called balancing over time where you can balance out certain nutrients over like the course of a week, let's say. So whether it's bone content or certain fat-soluble vitamins and minerals, because once they're adults, they can regulate it a bit more. Puppies do need daily balance since they're growing at such a crazy exponential rate. But once they're adults, it, it makes it a bit easier on you. So maybe when they're baby, when they're um, puppies, do a pre-made balanced raw meal. And then once they get, you have a year to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you can start doing it. And like, how do you find where to source it? So there's a lot of resources now where you can source. Uh, some of the most common ones probably for like newbies, I guess, would be like, for example, H-Mart or Ranch 99, or if you have any like meat markets near you, even your grocery store may have certain good cuts. But now there is a plethora of online raw feeding suppliers now, like Rock awesome. Miami. So these are, food, yeah. I know they can go to your site. So we'll tell them your site, the Raw oh, Storm. Yeah. 
right? You have these listed out where people can um, do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. So um, if you go to her site, so that in case you guys are driving or listening to it, that when um, you go to her site, she has these listed so that you can find them. And these are sources that you can literally get what you need shipped to you or delivered to you. Yep. Delivered right to your door. Yeah. I get my sardines from my pet carnivore and some of my white fish or non-ocean fish uh, from them. So that's, I know, is another source that's pretty cool to get them. Have you ever used them or any of their fish? Yeah, I, I know of them, but they're just too far for to me since I'm in Texas right now for me to like have to pay shipping. But yeah, I know of them. And oh, I, I hear you. I, yeah, I know a lot of people use them. Cool. So that is how you source it. And then like, how do you know what to choose? Is this something else that they can find on your site? Like how to kind of put it together, ideas on how to get started and what you, how to make up a balanced bowl. And for those of you who don't know, I'm sure you've seen them on Instagram or TikTok, the bowls that have all the colors and the duck head and the raspberries and they look like a piece of art. That's, that's what we're talking here. What that is, is they're creating their dog's food to be balanced every day. So that's why it has all those pretty colors and looks that way. I want to know, does your dog eat at all or does he leave anything? Uh, she pretty much eats everything now. I have one, I have two dogs, Stormy and Hoover. Hoover's a bit picky, but Stormy's a little miss picky and she'll eat anything. How funny. Yeah. I feel like Nina eats anything and everybody else, there'll be certain things that they don't like. Um, but I always see that when I'm like, Hey, I have to like mix in a lot of my supplements so that they don't not eat it and leave it, leave it to the side. So how do you decide what you're going to make and what you're going to choose from? You look at what your sources are and then how do you know what to choose? Yeah. So the kind of guideline, I guess, is called a ratio diet. Um, If you literally type in raw feeding for dogs on Google, you'll see a bunch of demographics that spiel about 80-10-10, which is 80% muscle meat, 10% bone, 5% liver, 5% other secreting organ. But I argue it is quite flawed. That is the base of it. Then you'll have to go in with some Meaning if you do more of any of those things, it's not bad. It's the baseline. You're not going to be covering all essential nutrients, even if you follow 80-10-10, even with all the variety and the top quality in the world. So okay. you will have to supplement additionally to cover essential nutrients, whether it's whole food or with like supplement supplements. But that's kind of like the base guideline you follow. So, you know, muscle meat's going to be things like heart, lungs, just more normal like beef round or whatever, edible bones, so things like turkey necks, duck feet, chicken heads, things like that. Uh, You want liver since it is like Mother Nature's multivitamin. It's just so jam-packed. But the 5% is – have information on my website, but it's 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 um, <laughs> the numbers a little bit flawed depending on what liver you use, and then another secreting organ is just more to since they are so nutrient dense. Awesome! So I'm gonna make my dog's thing. I've got the eighty eighty ten ten right. Mm-hmm. So adding things like I lo- I love to be able to find if my dog is deficient in a vitamin or needs more of anything to find the food or plant source to fulfill that deficiency. Like for instance, Nina had a, what was a vitamin D and B12 deficiency, um, which Dr. Sarah Urban explained to me because she had osteosarcoma. So the bone cancer was basically sucking those nutrients out of her for the cancer. 
Um, so we had a supplement and sardines are an amazing source of B12 and vitamin D. So that was like a way for me to be able to supplement those vitamins without having, you know, to throw in a vitamin. I hate synthetic vitamins, but vitamins. Um, so being able to do that. So what are some of your other favorite nutrient dense foods that you can throw on to help with some of these common deficiencies? So the most ascent- common essential nutrient deficiencies in a ratio diet, and this will, this is just like the most common, right? Is zinc, manganese, iodine, vitamin E, vitamin D, and omega threes. So I'm just gonna like omega threes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like for sardines example, you said that's gonna cover vitamin D and omega threes. So things like that. For zinc, you can use things like oyster. And this is all depending on where you live and your availability too, because not everybody's going to have access to oysters. For example, I feed a zinc supplement because oysters are crazy expensive. So it's all dependent on, you know, what, and if your dog has a sensitivity or allergy, it's many factors go into it. So this is a very brief overview. But so for example, for zinc, the whole food source you could use is oysters. Manganese, you can use blue or black mussels. Iodine, you can use kelp, vitamin E, is kind of hard for whole food sources since you have to use so much. It's so calorically dense. So usually I just use like a natural vitamin E drops like from now. Uh, And like you said, for sardines, that's going to cover vitamin D and omega-3s. And then you're left with ALA, which is a plant omega-3. You can get that from hemp seeds, flax seeds, chia seeds, things like that. Oh my gosh, you're so smart. I love how you can spit out this information. I love it. I'm like, oh, we're going to bring up hemp seed oil. Yes, she did, folks. She did. Um, And I want to talk about, um, touch on fish oil just for a moment because, and I also want to touch on making sure what we're giving our dogs from the ocean. You know, a lot of people are understanding the benefits of fish but how we have to be careful because our oceans are so contaminated now and why we keep saying sardines because they're a small fish and not a big fish. And so they're less contaminated, Um, but also seeking out where maybe you can find uh, freshwater fish that are almost as nutrient rich as something from the ocean. Do you know any of those, any freshwater fishes? Have you been using any of those? Yeah, kind of. I usually, I know, for example, like a lot, some people use lake trout uh, yeah. or yeah, or things like that. I know some people, that's like the most common one I can think about at the top of my head. Usually uh-huh. I feed on only seawater, but I see trout a lot in the raw feeding community. I want people to understand why they need to get away from salmon. Um, most salmon is farmed and it is a, a terrible practice and they are uh, literally have nothing left nutrient wise besides the fact that it's polluting the ocean, but fish oil and how it goes rancid. And I feel like every time I turn around, gosh, especially on TikTok, man, I'm being pushed to fish oil. And I just, I feel like fish oil, everyone understood the importance of it. And so then everyone came out with one. The problem is, even if it is the best damn fish oil they could possibly make, the moment that it air hits it, it starts to oxidize and go bad. So finding those sources uh, other than just squirting or putting an oil on your dog's food. Can you put like a capsule, like a fish oil capsule or is yeah, like... Yeah, so I know there's some companies like the... Nordic Naturals, that even, I know. Yeah, like one. Nordic Naturals yeah. has capsules. I don't know if they're for, they're for pets. I know they have make capsules, but I remember they're like flavored for humans. So I don't know about that. Yeah, they do have a pet line. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, or they, so you can or, do that. And or have a capsule that doesn't have any flavoring in it because I remember talking yeah, to yeah, them yeah. at HVMA. 
Okay, yeah, so cool. Yeah, you could totally do that. Or because I use Nordic Naturals too for my dogs, I just buy a smaller bottle and I use it within about like two weeks-ish. And so I'm getting a fresh new bottle in a short amount of time. So making sure that it stays fresh. And also, you know, looking thing, Nordic Naturals is a great brand, but other things you can look for is like GMP certified. That's good manufacturing practices, making sure they're third-party purity tested, where they're sourcing, what kind of fish they're using, things like that. When they're And making sure they're being tested for potency and purity to make sure they're not having any heavy metal contaminants in the supplement. Awesome. And then also I wanted to talk about, um, cause I love this conversation, which is you can also eat what the fish are eating or feed what the fish are eating to get your omegas. So I love, you know, when you're doing this sea kelp or the phytoplankton or the algae, um, for, did you say you use supplement with algae sometimes? I use kelp for iodine content. Yeah, I don't use it so much for omega-3 content. If like for phytoplankton, for example, it can be a good functional supplement, but I don't rely on it for my omega-3 needs just because you need so much of it and it's kind of expensive. Oh, it is. I I love it because you're like the thrifty raw feeder. I love that. Yeah, just more like convenience and, you know, yeah. I love it. So um, don't let, you know, cost scare you. You've been able to do it. Exactly, yeah. So, and you have figured out how to do it. And in the long one, your dog's not going to the vet. Your dog is not sick. You're not, your dog is probably not having any issues. How old is she now? How old is um, Stormy? She's eight. Yeah, my oldest one. So she's just become a senior citizen. So how's she doing? Oh my God, I hate that word. But um, she actually transitioned onto raw when she was an adult. So she wasn't even raw fed when she was a puppy. So she was on kill for three years and then she transitioned, but she is doing fantastic. Loving her life, living her best life every day. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, Well, I want everyone to get your information so that they can follow you and get your guides and your recipes and then absolutely follow you on social media because your videos are always informative. I just found you on TikTok and it's fabulous. Oh, thank uh, you. And, um, and just following in her little tips, even if you are still, you know, just buying a commercial brand, she gives you so many tips on how you can go ahead and supplement with some of those yummy things. So tell people how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, so you can find me at The Raw Storm. Um, my main platform is Instagram, but you can find me on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, I also have a podcast, Rawcast, which you're going to be on after this. <laughs> um, but yeah, The Raw Storm everywhere. Awesome. Thank you so much for all the information. It was an incredible talk, and I think we learned a lot. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Make sure to rate, comment, subscribe, and share with your friends. And if you want your questions answered live, make sure to call in to 252-377-4555. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and at AngelaArtolino.com. And remember, you can always sign up for a full holistic consultation at CBDDogHealth.com slash consultations. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. 
MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.